Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. You are listening to our weekly class, Navigate and Master the Prayer Book, with Rabbi Cantor Hilary Chorney. Last week, we got as far as looking at weekday Mariv for the very first time. And we took a look at it and we reviewed the ways in which the structure of weekday Mariv mirrors, but also in some ways shrinks the accordion of the structure of the morning service down more tightly. So it takes the stuff that we do in the morning, which was already kind of compacted from what we do on Shabbat, and it creates an even more compact structure with some exceptional pieces also added to it to mark its place in the literature, the literature and liturgy a little bit different. Um, and uh, it's just because nighttime is a little bit different. And I wanted to speak a little bit before we got started on the structure about sort of the concept of the way backing up to the origin of prayer conversation we had at the beginning. I wanted to speak about the category that Mariv falls in. So some of the earliest rabbinic teachings that we have established that we pray three times a day. And as we've talked about many times in this class, when does a Jewish day start? It starts at nighttime, right? So that's how we establish it from the very beginning. We began uh, Jewish holidays at night, but it's not just Jewish holidays. As we ended last week's class, in fact, somebody here had a great question, which is, well, but what about weekday Mariv? Is it still like weekday Mariv on Friday nights? Meaning what counts as a weekday Mariv? And we have to think about weekdays in a different sense than you and I think about weekdays. Um, you got to toss it all up in the air. Think about how in Israel, Sunday, by the way, is a weekday, right? There's not a two-day weekend. I don't know if you knew that, right? But people often get half days on Fridays, and then you just got to deal with having um, Sunday after Shabbat going right back into the work week, right? So you got to toss up all your conceptions about what is a weekday, and imagine that weekdays are any days but Shabbat, also but festivals, but festivals sometimes fall on weekdays. This is why we don't want to get too confused, right? Weekdays are any days but Shabbat. So that starts when? When does not Shabbat start, right? When Shabbat ends, obviously. So when is that? Saturday night. Exactly. Saturday night is the first weekday service and weekday Amidah of the entire week. That's how it works. So we do Saturday night, Mariv, Sunday morning, Shacharit, Sunday afternoon, Mincha, and that's Yom Rishon, the first day of the week, Jewish Sunday, right? It really is. It's Jewish Sunday. It's the first day of the week, right? First weekday, first non-Shabbat day. Every Amidah, unless there's something special happening on the calendar that day, is identical to each other. There is... A special exception there, which we'll take a look at when we get there in Mariv tonight, which is that in the first paragraph of the interim 13 blessings, the Bakashot, those asking God for things in the middle of the Amidah, that's different on Saturday night. Why? We'll see when we get there tonight. We'll take a look at that tonight. That's one of the pieces of content we'll get into. Okay. So Saturday night is the first Amidah. Praying Mariv falls into a different category, a category called reshut. All, the whole framework, the whole framework of 
liturgy, as I've kind of like laid it out, is that in order for a lot of what I'm offering to make sense, you have to buy into the premise that you that you believe or, or buy into the premise that some believe that we are obligated to say a certain amount of prayer and that our goal is to be yotze, to come out of, to complete that obligation. If you don't buy into that, then none of what I'm saying is going to make sense. But if you approach prayer or can imagine approaching prayer as, ah, there's authentic liturgy that I need to actually approach and complete, and then you either do do that or you don't do that, all sorts of stuff emanates from that. So one thing that comes from that is, did I say it in the correct time that it was set in the day, right? There is money and there are actually time zones for saying prayers. We're not going to talk about that today, but we are going to talk about it in a couple more classes. Once we wrap up Mincha, we'll talk about Zmanin, this idea that there are fixed times in the day for prayer. So that comes out of this idea. Um, and also the idea of saying every word in the liturgy, right? Actually saying every word of the Amidah and actually pronouncing it out loud. This all emanates from this idea that you need to say every prayer. Mariv, though, kind of gets in its own category where, yes, there are three Amidahs we're supposed to say in a day. We are supposed to say the Mariv prayer, but Mariv is a rather dangerous time, right? Evening time is a more dangerous time. And so because it's considered a more dangerous time, it falls into this category of it's an extra bit of prayer. And there's more to it than that. There's more to the category of what makes it reshoot, what makes it kind of a, a non-obligatory prayer. But it falls into this like less weighty category uh, because of of when it falls in the evening for the most part. So it doesn't really impact unless you believe unless you're unless you're concerned about this idea of coming out of your obligation to say prayer and it doesn't impact exactly what the um, content of of Mariv is either. But it does explain why we don't worry about, for example, doing Kedusha out loud. Just as in, it's in a less weighted category of needing to say it. And if you miss it, there are other rules about what you do if you miss it. And and by the way, there is such a thing as makeup prayers if you miss a prayer. So if you believe in needing to say every prayer, if you miss Mincha, you can do a Tashlum, a makeup you can do an extra Amidah when you get to Mariv and so on and so forth. And you pray the Amidah that is required for the Zaman for the time that you're in. You pray that twice. You don't repray the other Amidah that you're in. You repray the one that you are now currently in. Like when you go, oh, shoot, I, I missed that one. Okay. That exists as a category. I'll also offer that there is the idea of being Osek B'mitzvah or Oseket B'mitzvah. You can be busy enough with doing something else that's really important and time bound. And if you were busy with doing that, then you can be um, released from your obligation to say prayer in its fixed time. Okay, so there are all sorts of um, rabbinic what ifs and exceptions, because that that's what Talmudic conversation is about. Well, what if you're traveling on a donkey and you're going from town to town and you're going to miss the thing? Should you pray it on the turns out you can actually pray on an animal's back when you're traveling from town to town, but you really should get off and pray in this direction. They they wonder about it all. Don't worry. So um, I just wanted to discuss a little bit about that before we get back into the liturgy of uh, of Mariv itself. When it's prayed in 
community in Minion. There are pieces of it that we do that we only do in Minion and then that we don't do when we don't have a Minion together. So that applies during COVID times too when we're online and praying and skipping things. Right. So let's do a deep dive into uh, Mariv. Since it's so short, we have enough time to kind of go into the whole liturgy itself. I'm going to screen share it. Rabbi, can I ask a quick question? Of course. Um, I, I've heard the, when speaking of uh, prayers, uh, davening uh, Minka Marav, like like together. Yes. Is it done where they just, they do Minka and they go right into Marav? Yeah. Uh, I'll spend a little time explaining that uh, now, and then we'll get deeper into it when we get to Zimanim. But basically it goes like this. The window of time in which we can say Shachari during the day isn't close enough most of the year to the next immediately adjacent service, which would be Mincha. Usually it's not close enough for us to call for services to be joined together. Let me back up one more step and say, the whole concept of having a Mincha Mari service is that, gee, wouldn't it be easier to bring together a minion, at least, right, a quorum of 10 Jewish adults, wouldn't it be easier for us to bring that together twice a day than three times a day? Because if we could do two of the services back to back at the same time, then we wouldn't have to bring people back together again a separate time. Shachrit and Mincha are not close enough together most of the year. The hours of the day would it has to be the deep of winter before you can pretty much like stop, have Kiddush, and then do Mincha immediately after uh, Kiddush. You could do that probably. Um, but most of the times of the year, the easier thing to do is to do Mincha at the latest point possible in the permitted parts of the day before Shkia, before sunset. It's actually the sunset time. If you have a watch that just tells you sunset, if you're a surfer, like you're really into these things. Um, if you have a watch that says um, when sunset is or you Google when sunset is, that's the sunset time. That's when we do Mincha until. And then we want to set Mincha to be enough time before that we'll finish Mincha just as it's time for us to say Mariv. And you can say Mariv a bit early. Okay, but you can't say Mincha late. Same rules as Shabbat, right? You don't start Shabbat late, but you can start it early. You can start the evening a bit a bit early. Um, so that's usually what we do. We have a Mincha Mariv service together, so we only have to pull people together twice a day. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anyone here ever been to a Shacharit Mincha? I've tried it a few times. People are not big fans, right? People are pretty done by the time they're done with Shacharit. So, okay, let's do a screen share of Mariv. Here we go. Now, in the Shacharit service, which is the last one that we looked at, what comes before Baruch Hu? You can either look at your prayer skeleton outlines that I gave you or not. What comes before Baruch Hu at Shacharit? Yeah, sure. And think less immediately and more generally. You're right that Chatzikadosh comes immediately before it, but what all comes before Baruch Hu on Shacharit? Right. We have all of Birkota Shachar, all of Pesuke de Zimra, right? And then we have, um, when we get to the end of Pesuke de Zimra, we sort of do that slide into Yishtabach, right? And after Yishtabach, Chatzik Kaddish, and after Chatzik Kaddish, then Baruchu, right? So we have two entirely preparatory services, two whole services, like 25 minutes of content, potentially, maybe 18 if you're doing it quickly. And then 
then you get Baruchu. At Mariv, you get this. That's it. Vehurachum. That's all you get. Here's the translation right here. All right. It's a quote from two different psalms stuck together. Yeah. Boy, that's a funny way of turning pages. But this is where, this is uh, the translation of it. So it's these, this quote from two different psalms. Okay. And it ends with this phrase, Hamelech ya'anenu v'yom koreinu. Hamelech ya'anenu v'yom koreinu. The king will answer us on the day on which, on which we call. Which is kind of cool because that's thematically what we're about to do with Baruchu. We call people to attention. Baruchu, is it the same or different content than the morning? It's identical. There's no difference between the morning. So, you know, and if Annie were popping in to, to contribute to the conversation, I'm sure she would say, so the thing that must be different is... The music is different, right? If it's identical content, then we must be talking different Nusach, and we are. This is a place where, I'm not afraid to put it this way, according to our tradition, to our recording, yeah, Anne gives the thumbs up. Okay, thanks, Annie. Um, the, according to our tradition, uh, there, and it's a written Eastern European tradition that's been handed down from generation to generation, this has its own Nusach. It's a version of Ahava Rabat or Fragish mode. It's a, a version of a major scale with a lowered second and a raised third. And it belongs to Mariv. And most people do not use that Nusach. Most people lead Mariv with weekday minor, which is kind of like, it's kind of like cook, it's, it's kind of like cooking with all part of dishes instead of with like dairy and meat. Okay, it's like a baseline kosher, it's fine, but it's not the designated, it's not the designated Nusach for this spot. Okay, so most people you here will do, That's just weekday minor. It's just a plain basic minor mode. What's assigned here, according to many different Eastern European traditions, not made up, but <laughs> notated and passed down and also just sort of flattened over time by tradition, is a beautiful new song. It goes like this. It's really pretty. It's a, it's a nice nusach, but it requires that you know a different nusach. Same musical mode, different motifs than the morning time. So you can hear echoes, kind of, of being in that same mode with morning time. You can hear it's in the same musical mode, but it's a different set of motifs. Okay, so... People might lead with that. They might lead with the weekday minor. Whatever they do, follow along. We usually begin standing. You actually can begin seated. You don't have to start Vahurachum standing, but most people do because they're about to do Baruchu. So usually you start standing, do the short paragraph. The reader leads with Baruchu Hashem We repeat. We, we echo them. Not the same words. We do our line and then they're going to repeat us. And then they do. And then we can be seated. Okay. And we stay seated all the way until we do the Amida. So Marif starts standing for the, for the Baruchu and then we sit down. 
while we're in Zoom land, while we're not constituting a minion in person for weekday davening, we do not do baruchu. We start at Vehurahum and we skip to Baruch Atadonai Elohim Melchalam Asher Bidvaro Ma'ariv Aravim. Okay, so this is the paragraph that mirrors what? Take a look at the blessing. Hama'ariv Aravim, the one who causes evening to move into evening, basically, who evenings the evening. What is this parallel to in Shacharit? The uh, Yotzer blessing in Shacharit. Right, Yotzer Meorot, exactly. So basically, we always start by blessing the celestial orbs. We're blessing God for being, well, you tell me, what, what's, what is, how is that tied thematically? The morning time, God is the creator of the different sort of celestial orbs. The evening time, God causes the evening to evening over. <laughs> so what's the theme there? What do the sun and the moon stand in for? What do they represent more sort of broadly than like the literal? What's the figurative representation of the sun and the moon? I I would argue for something like the passage of time and the time in the day, that kind of a thing. It's sort of marking the general... I guess it's marking two things. One is marking sort of time of day and God helps us to, you know, differentiates between different times of day. And I would also say that it's sort of God as creator is the general theme here too. Can make an argument for that. There's a lot of use of bore and yotzer, right? Creator, different words for being creator. Right? The one who is living in life that is established forever, forever, God will reign upon us forever and ever. So God's kingship, God's creatorship, and the great orbs in the heaven. Next paragraph begins with the word love. Ahavat olam, everlasting love. Ahavat olam, Beit Yisrael amacha ahavta, you've loved your people Israel. Torah, mitzvot, chukim, mishpatim, all different words for like the rules you give us. Otanu limadta, you've taught us. Like, teach us about how to observe the laws that you've that you've given to us. The nismach b'divrei Torah tacham will be will rejoice, will be happy in the words of your Torah and of your mitzvahs. These are sort of the life of our days of a so we're keeping with a the theme of day and night here, but moving into God's loving nature, which is the same paragraph as in the morning. God chooses us in the morning. In the evening time, the theme is that God loves us. Very, very similar themes, very parallel themes following along. When you're navigating services, once you've sat down here, you're going to notice that the person leading comes in at the boxes, Right. That's it. They're going to come in at the bottom of each of these paragraphs. They're just leading you by davening their own stuff out loud. And then we get to Shema. Is Shema identical or different than the morning? It uh, looks identical. Yeah, it's identical, identical. No difference. And remember, from the very, very beginning of this class... Um, that it, it is um, the origin story of the construction of prayer. What did I say comes along? Well, this thing right in front of you. 
but I'm still going to put it this way. I was telling you at the beginning of this class that the origin of daily prayer, that we pray three times daily, is that we say ha tefillah, which is the amidah, three times daily. So that gets fixed at evening, morning, and afternoon. And then what gets fixed next in the system? The shema, right? Shema gets fixed in the system. And the shema gets fixed in the system because we say it twice a day. How do we know we say it twice a day? Because in the Shema, it says, And when you lie down and when you rise up. Now, what that really is, is a merism, which means it's trying to tell you, you know, and everything in between. When you lie down, when you rise up, you know, it's like, it's a figure of speech, <laughs> right? What, it, all the time, right? But the rabbis don't read it that way. The rabbis read it as, um, as uh, you know, the uh, literal when you get up in the evening that means you have to say it twice a day so they fix it when they fix it at mariv and at shahri right so it's identical in those two places all three paragraphs so that's when we get mariv with shema because we're supposed to say shema twice a day and since we're saying shema twice a day we're saying it here okay so next page we finish the Shema here. And then we whisper to ourselves. All this is done in a whisper. All of this is done seated. We sing this Emet Vemunah paragraph, which again is about Emet, but it's slightly different than the Emet in the morning. And then we do Micha Mocha. When we do Micha Mocha, the leader is going to cue us here. Basically, and God... Um, desired in the, you know, in this gathering and Moshe and the children of Israel answered to you in song and in, in great joy saying, and then quoting from the song of the sea. Many places you'll find that the congregation sings that out loud. It does in the Nusach out loud with the leader where it's bolded here. And then usually the congregation continues mumbling to themselves and the leader will m- sing a little bit louder than that over them. And then So usually these bold parts we do along with the leader. And then the leader does which parts on this page are you saying privately? Or are you, which parts of the words on this page are coming out of your mouth and not just the leaders? All of them. Okay. Uh, there's none that we skip. This isn't a responsive thing where the leader says this and we say that. We say all of it. The question is, does the leader wait till we start saying it and then they jump in to create kind of a responsive system? And that usually happens right here and right here at Mahutacha and at Benemar. Okay. And then we get this special additional prayer for evening time, the Hashkivenu. Watch over us, our God. It's a tikbolet. It's basically saying the same thing twice, right? Establish us for, for life. Probably a familiar phrase to you, potentially a familiar phrase to you. Some people know it really well. There's a song that uses these as lyrics. Spread for us. Right, um, prisa to to spread out. Ufros alenu sukat shalomecha, the sukat of your peace, the shelter, the hut of your peace. It's a beautiful metaphorical image of the 
nighttime sky spread out over us. God, spreading over us, God's shelter of peace. Fix us with great wisdom before you. Save us for the sake of your name. And also, on our for our sake, guard us. The Haser Mealenu, and then keep far away from us all these terrible things like enemies and pestilence and plague and sword and bad stuff. I say this with extra um oomph during COVID. The Haser Satan Milfanenu. What does that mean? The Haser Satan, the evil prosecutor, the Satan, right? The actual Satan. Satan. Right? But the character from Job. <laughs> Satan, right? Like the evil the, the, the evil one in the courtroom. From before us and from behind us. Spread over us like a shadow. You are our guardian, our savior. Because you are a king who's merciful and well, gracious and merciful. Guard our going and our coming. Forever, never, never. It's where blessing God is being our shomer, our guardian. Does anyone know what shomer is used for other than this in liturgy, in Jewish tradition? What's a shomer? In modern Hebrew, it's just a guard. In Jewish tradition, a shomer is also the word that we use for somebody who guards over a deceased body while it's waiting for burial. That's a shomer, somebody who watches over a body while it's waiting for a burial, which is something we've been talking a lot about in uh, at Temple Beth Am as we form a burial society with Ikar. So that's been really beautiful. Uh, okay. There's this crazy additional bracha. <laughs> um, some people say it, some people don't say it. it's not said at all in the um, in uh, Israel uh, and in other traditions. And it is a whole other poetic paragraph skippable. If you need to skip something, you can skip it. It's okay. It's like very reshoot. It's very, very poetry category. Um, but it's very pretty also. Uh, and it just speaks about God being glorious and wonderful and is very praisy of God. That's all. It's a beautiful paragraph. I encourage you to study it. If you want to know how to manage it and handle it, you can say it all in English. You can work on saying it in Hebrew and you can say amen to the blessing when the leader comes in at the end here. Okay. Then Chatzikadosh, which we only say with a minion. And then the Amidah. And like I said, the Amidah is identical here as it is. It's identical to the one in Shacharit. Identical. Except, let's look at the Saturday night thing. So here we have, what's this section called? We call it the first section about our ancestors. is called the? The Avot. Great, Avot. It's right here. Excellent. Second section is called, here's the word it's built around. Gevurot, God's heroism or, or greatness. And then that ends at Hametim. Uh, then this is our private Kedusha, right? Look at that time. Remember I showed you at Shahri when we're doing our private Amidah, we do the private Kedusha. In the evening time, that's the only Kedusha because there's no out loud Kedusha. We don't do a repetition. We don't do a Hechi Kedusha. We do one private Amidah. Here it is. Here's Atakadosh Hashim Hakadosh. That's the Kadusha. Baruch Atadonaihel Hakadosh. Then take a look at this. <clears throat> at the conclusion of Shabbat or Yom Tov, substitute the paragraph in smaller print below. 
So it begins here. It begins the same way as above. Atahonen right here. Atahonen God, you graciously give to human beings these different types of knowledge and wisdom. And then, Atahonatanu, you graced us. The laws of your will. Vatavdel Adonai Eloheinu, Bein Kodesh Lechol, Bein Or Lechoshech, Bein Yisrael La'amim. What is this? Bein Yom Hashvi'i L'Sheshet Yimei Hamaaseh. So, Havdalah? Yeah. We actually say Havdalah. We actually do a Havdalah in our davening. Remember I told you there are several ways to take on Shabbat? I think we spoke about this last time or two times ago. There are several ways to take on Shabbat. You can take on Shabbat by lighting candles and saying it's Shabbat now. If it's not too early on Friday, you can take on Shabbat pretty early. Second, you can do it at, um, you can do it when Shabbat, I, I've got to do this out, a little out of order the way I usually say it. Second is Shabbat could just start, right? There's a time after which Shabbat is started and you can't start Shabbat any later. It's started. Third way that you can do this is you can actually begin Shabbat by acknowledging a piece of, lit- in, acknowledging it by doing the liturgy. So you can do, as long as you're doing Mari for Shabbat, you're in it. You're in Shabbat. You've started Shabbat. I was talking about this last week a little bit about like what happens if I daven uh, Mari while I'm leading on the field on Friday night. I'm not going to drive home because I've already taken on Shabbat. Even if Shabbat hasn't happened to me, I happened to Shabbat, right? I did Shabbat. Same thing on going out of Shabbat. You can't end Shabbat early. You can't. You got to start Shabbat uh Uh, I mean, you can start Shabbat early, but you can't end Shabbat early. But you can get out of Shabbat by either Shabbat ends, right? Just at a certain point, it's over. And then you can say, I'm done with Shabbat. Um, And another way that you can do it is by actually making Havdalah. Again, you it has to be after the time where Shabbat goes out. You can't end it early, but you can linger in Shabbat a little bit longer. And then you can say goodbye to Shabbat by doing the Havdalah ritual and saying the blessings along with those ritual items. But a third way that you can acknowledge that Shabbat is done once Shabbat ends is you can say it in your liturgy. And here it is right here. We're actually saying it. God differentiates between all these things, light and darkness, Israel and the rest of the world, uh, meaning the Jewish people and the rest of people, uh, on the seventh day and the rest of the days of the week. Bring the days that are coming to us, they should be for peace. Right? It's a beautiful paragraph and it's doing Havdalah in davening. Any questions about that? And like, Doing Havdalah and what it means to do Havdalah in prayer as opposed to there? No. Okay. The rest of the Saturday night even and the rest of the weekday Marivs are the same. Just flipping through all of the Amidah, right? Uh, And then Kadish Shalem comes at the end. If we're online doing davening only online, then during COVID times, we don't do Kadish Shalem. If we're together, we do Kadish Shalem. Okay. Then Alenu. So straight to Alenu. Alenu is identical or different from morning? By the way, at this point, we've returned to weekday uh, weekday minor. We're back after the Amidah is done. We return to the Nusach. That's the minor Nusach. Alenu is identical to the morning. There's no difference. Same darn prayer. Okay. And then Kadisha Tom, Mourner's Kaddish. And that's the end of Mariv.
That's it. That's all of Mariv. It is such a quick little service. Any thoughts? Any questions on Mariv and its structure? Is there a, a, a end time for Mariv? I mean, you can do it at eleven thirty at night, as long as it is there. Like a, 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 a yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do it all night up until dawn. So you have a pretty long window for Mariv too. And Mincha is basically from Chatzot, from middle of the day until uh, at the latest sunset. So that's usually the shortest window of time. Shachar is actually pretty darn short too, I guess, but it doesn't feel that way. I can't explain why. <laughs> it's like morning is morning. I guess mornings are long. All right. Great. Um, we're going to turn and look at Mincha now. And we're going to look at the structure. I, it's getting faster, both because the services are shorter and also because you now know this structure. So I can just point to things and say, this is exactly the same as the thing that we did at Shahri. So we're going to look at Mincha now, which starts on page 120. We're going to do an overhaul of the entire structure of it. And then we're going to go back and start doing a little deep dive in it. So here we go. All right. Here it is. We're on 120. All right. So we start with what? What's this? Yeah, Ashray. Great. We start with Ashray. Ashray is one of those things that also has a rule about it, like the Shema, where there are different rabbinic sayings all over the place in rabbinic literature that say, we are supposed to say Ashray three times a day. Someone who says Ashray three times a day is a happy person. Okay. So we put it in a lot of places. We put it twice in Shahri and once in Mincha. Right? In Shahrid, it shows up in Pesuket de Zimra, and it shows up right before Siyum HaTefila, the end of Tefila. So after Lamidah, after if there's Tachanun, then Tachanun, after if there's Torah service and Torah service, then we do Ashray in the end of services. Okay? So that's, that's how we work out three Ashrays a day, two in the morning, one in the afternoon. We start there, right? So last service we were looking at with Mariv started basically with a tiny paragraph and then Baruchu. And then onward. Is there a Barhu at Mincha? Barhu is tied to Shema. Okay, so Barhu only happens in services when we have a Shema. That's it. Shachri and Mariv. We don't have a Barhu at Mincha. We start just with Ashrei. So we do Ashrei, all of Ashrei. And we do it basically in a whisper. Usually on a weekday, we're trying to move through it. The middle of a work day, right? That's hard. So we move quickly. We go to Chatzik Kaddish. And then... What's that? It's regular Amidah, right? Anything different about the Amidah at Mincha? It's identical. The new Sakhir we'll get back to in a second. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to scroll all the way down to the end of the Amidah. Let's find it together. Let's say almost the end. Here we go. This is the end of the Amidah. And then, what's this? Our friend... Yeah, Tachanun. It comes back in the afternoon, believe it or not. Tachanun actually happens twice a day in places where they do Tachanun. We don't just do it at Shachri, we also do it at Mincha. So we come to Tachanun. Is there a Torah service at Mincha? Not on a weekday. So we just go right to Tachanun. Okay? Just go right to Tachanun. Make sense? And then, what's this? Kadish Shalem. What comes next? Aledu, what comes next? Mourner's Kaddish. And that's the end. 
That's all of Mincha. Ashrei Chatsi Kaddish. Amida. Tachanun. And then Kaddish Shalem Aleinu Mourner's Kaddish. That is all of the structure of Mincha. Any questions on the structure of it? Well, Tachanun is done uh, weekday morning and weekday afternoon. So twice the weekdays twice during the day. Okay. Right. With a reminder that many people find reasons to skip doing Tachanun. Right? So because of that, we might skip Tachanun. So that's why you'll find plenty of places that don't do it. <laughs> Annie's very excited to learn more about her friend Tachanun. Okay. Um, so, do, 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 do. Just backing up to. Okay. So. All of Mincha is done in weekday minor. All done in weekday minor, except for the Amidah itself. When the Amidah is done out loud, right? when it's done in a, in, with a repetition, where we all go quiet and then we come back and we do it again uh, out loud, it's done in that pentatonic mode, the pentatonic scale. Right? That's weekday uh, Amida mode. But that's it. Mincha is pretty darn simple. So, Ashrei, we start usually quietly. We're seated. We don't stand for Ashrei. We stay seated for Ashrei. And then we get to the end of Ashrei when the leader tells us they got to the end of Ashrei. Okay, then Chatsi Kaddish. Same Nusach. That's it. Okay. Now I want you to take a look at this one note here. Do you see this right here? What does it say? On a public fast including Tisha B'Av, the Torah is read. What does that mean? Anyone know what that's referring to? On weekdays, there is never a Torah service in the afternoon, except that there is sometimes a Torah service when it's a public fast day. There are several fasts throughout the year linked to the idea of Tisha B'Av to eventually getting on the cycle where on the ninth of the month of Av, we're acknowledging the destruction of both temples and all sorts of other sad stuff that happened to our people. There are other fast days throughout the year that also mark sort of the timeline of the destruction of the temples. On those public fast days, we turn back to page 65. So that's what it what would page 65 take us to? It's the Torah service at Shahri. It's the same Torah service, okay? But public fast days have their own readings. They also have a Haftorah. Really fun, okay? Afternoon half Torah on Tisha B'Av. So, um, and those are fun Torah readings and half Torah readings. Like if you want a fun challenge to do something a little bit different, that's a great one. Um, great. So then we go into Amidah most days. Amidah is identical in content to every other Amidah. We're often doing the Mincha Amidah out loud because as you can see, there's not a whole lot of other content to the Amidah, Okay. Oh, to Mincha overall. Let's take a look at Tachanun. So Tachanun begins seated always. Remember at Shachri, some days it begins standing on Mondays and Thursdays. The rest of the days begin seated. Tachanun begins seated at Mincha. And then we get up on the second page. We get up at Shomer Yisrael. 
And then the leader will let us know when they're done by standing up and then by getting to this piece of liturgy. And then, Kadi Shalem Alinu, Mourner's Kaddish. Identical content to the others. That's it. That's the whole of Mincha. And if you want the content of some of these other things, like the content of the Amidah and the Alinu, or how Kaddishes work, then you can look back to recordings of the earlier classes because we went through all those things at those other places. So, so like the, the Amidah, it, it has to be said three times a day, but Tachanun does not rise to that level as far as it being an obligatory prayer. So, is that right? Definitely not. It's nowhere near that category. Sort of in terms of the fixed prayers of the day, the fixed, fixed prayer that we can't miss is Amidah. I would say the next level down from there, so to speak, is the Shema, which we also say at certain times of the day. And because they're fixed there in the Mariv and Shachrit services, that's when we say them. So I'd say we got to do the Amidah. We really got to do Shema. I would say Ashray kind of comes to the next level. It always falls in the category of don't skip this. And then there's a whole pile of stuff that comes underneath that, right? Anything that requires a minion, you can't really hold to the highest standard because you might be without a minion. You can't say you got to do this every single day because what if you're not with a minion? None of the stuff in our tradition falls into that category. If you miss Torah reading, you miss Torah reading. You're supposed to hear Torah reading, but if you miss it, you miss it. You can't pretend and make up a minion out of nothing. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.